You're listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM, Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. Bowl season is looming. Tune in tomorrow night for Pac-12 for the Pac-12 championship game presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And, of course, a shameless plug for any of you that want to get out there and watch the Big 12 uh, championship game uh, Saturday afternoon. Yours truly will be the host uh, that's standing there with the kids at the half trying to win free stuff because I am hosting the Dr. Pepper tuition giveaway. Let's get ready for Thursday night football. We got the Bills, we got the Patriots, and we'll get the Patriots side of this from ESPN Patriots reporter Mike Reese joining us. Mike, is Mac Jones the answer? I mean, as much as we talk about quarterbacks, do you believe in him for the future? So I personally do believe in him for the future, and I think the Patriots do believe in him for the future. Uh, The issue is that as good as he looked last year as a rookie, uh, he hasn't looked as good this year, and I think you have to look at why, you know, how much of that is Mac himself and how much of that is what the Patriots have surrounded himself with, surrounded Mac with that. And that's both coaching wise and, and playbook wise. And the numbers are way down this year. And, you know, I talk to people who have played in the game who are much smarter than me. And they tell me that's not about Mac. We, We saw what Mac can do last year. It's about something greater than him. So I think to me, that's the biggest thing for the Patriots. They got to figure out, how to get Mac to the way he looked last year. Mike, is there any thought that Mac's still affected by the back and forth and what went down with Bailey Zappi? I mean, it is very demoralizing to have a stadium full of people chanting the name of your backup as soon as you struggle. Is it possible that his confidence continues to have issues because of that? So, you know, I know some people think that, and, and I don't, I don't sense that from being here every day. I mean, I think that was definitely jarring to him. I mean, I, I can't imagine it would, if you're a quarterback and you help lead the team to the playoffs the year before and the next year, you know, the fans in your home stadium are chanting for your backup. I can't imagine that feels good, you know, but I don't think his confidence is lacking. I think it's more just his comfort level with what they're doing. And the numbers are just, you know, 31st in the red zone. 30th in interception percentage, 26th in sacks taken per pass play, 27th in first downs, 25th on third down. Like the comfort that he showed last year running the Josh McDaniels offense hasn't been there this year in a totally different offense uh, with different coaches leading the way. You mentioned those different coaches, Mike, and let's be honest. I mean, there was a lot of conversation coming into the, the season about Bill Belichick's decision in naming coordinators or not naming coordinators, right? And now you have a roster that you mentioned earlier may not have the level of talent necessary around Mac Jones. How much of whatever the Patriots are right now, if they're just a mid-level team trying to get to the playoffs, how much of that lies squarely at the feet of Bill Belichick? Well, I think it all lies at at the feet of Bill Belichick because he told us that. He said that if you're going to blame anyone, blame him. And, And you're right. It was very unconventional. Uh, what he did offensively in terms of um, appointing Matt Patricia, the play caller, um, you know, whose primary background is on defense and, and Joe judge as the quarterback's coach, whose primary background is on special teams and his philosophy. And he has said this, he said, you know, uh, if you're a good coach, it doesn't matter what position you coach that. And, and we said this at the start of the year as a collective media, we were going to put this um, on trial this idea that Bill Belichick has on trial and see if, you know, it was the case. And right now you look at it and 
it's fair to question it. Now, they still are in the hunt here, and they could still turn around. I mean, they threw for 382 yards last week, uh, career high for Mac Jones. So it's not out of the question that they can hit their stride, but I think it has taken them longer than they anticipated. Mike, what's the ceiling for this team if they do what they need to over the course of this season? What's a realistic expectation? Well, I think, well, realistic expectation, I would say to finish with nine wins. So right now, as we talk, they're six and five. And look at their remaining schedule. Tonight against the Bills, that's a tough game. On the road at Arizona, I think they should have that. On the road at the Raiders, they should probably have it, but it'll be a tough game. Then they come home, face the Bengals. Then they face at home the Dolphins after that. And then they go to the Bills. So that's a tough schedule. Can they squeeze three wins out of that? That would, that would put them over 500 on the season at 9-8. and eight. But they might be able to do that. But does that get them in the playoffs? I'm not sure it gets them in the playoffs. So to me, realistic expectation is over 500. But I'm not sure that's good enough to get them in the postseason. Got a prediction for us for tonight, Mike? So I picked the Bills uh, 27-23. I just thought in the end Josh Allen was going to be too tough. But that being said, you know, I think the Bills are playing their third road game in 12 days. Maybe that catches up to them. They're without Von Miller. They're without Deion Dawkins, their left tackle. So I suppose if you're looking for a, a silver lining for the Patriots, if there's a spot to get the Bills that might be favorable for you, maybe this is it. Follow him on Twitter, at Mike Reese. Mike, always appreciate your time. Thanks for hanging out with us, my friend. Thanks for having me. Let's get the other side of the matchup from SportsCenter anchor on ESPN Radio, Christine Lisi, which we'll get to the baking side of this in a second. But first, (laughs) Christine, you are the biggest Bills fan I know. What's your level of confidence knowing how good your team has looked at times this year going up against specifically the hated Patriots? You know, honestly, I feel pretty good. Um, Got a lot of injuries, obviously. The Von Miller thing is humongous um you know between him and josh those are the two guys that the bills cannot afford to have hurt so um that's a little that's a little dicey i do feel good though because um like mitch morse is going to be back tonight and um aj epinesa uh greg russo i think is coming back as well so we're getting people back there um i I, you know i just i feel good i i don't know i (laughs) i it's kind of strange because like for so much of my adult life, I think after college, like it was always like with the bills, the sky was falling, especially mm-hmm. after Jim Kelly retired, you know, <laughs> and like 21 years, we got our guy now. And like, I feel good. And it's, you know, I'm not that I'm not stressed because I lose my mind for three hours, you know, when on game days, but you know, I feel good. I do. God, I would love to be around for a Raiders bills game and just put <laughs> you two next to each other. Fitz would be stress eating all of your cookies. You would be oh screaming. God. Fitz's expletives would send you into the next room. That would be a good time. Uh, Christine, I want to talk about what you just mentioned with, you know, waiting for the other shoe to drop. That happens so often with teams who have had those late season disappointments or big expectations mm-hmm. that have fallen through. When this season started, the first couple weeks of the season, it was universal. This is the best team in the NFL. They are too yes. stacked, too good, too tough. And yes. there's been some hiccups. How have you and the fan base dealt with that? Has it been a massive highs and lows? Or have you managed to be steady when things haven't looked great? I try to keep even keel the best I can. Because I think what happened was 2020 was so 
crazy. Like whatever, I think the record might have been 13-3, and three, and just that crazy winning streak that went through like the last seven, eight games of the regular season, and then it, it was a loss to the Cardinals, and then they went on this run and ended up losing in the title, uh, AFC title game to the Chiefs. And I think because of that, the expectations were just so high. And, and they continue to be high. And then, like you said, Sarah, like this season, that 2-0, and you know, beat the crap out of the Rams, beat the crap out of the Titans. And it's like, wow, look at these guys. And then, you know, I, it's kind of hard to explain. I don't, I don't know. I think because the expectations are so high, we expect Josh never to throw a, you know, never to throw an interception, never, you know, Steph never drop a pass, Gabe mm-hmm. never drop a pass, you know, like never let the other team do anything. And I, I for myself, I just try to remain as calm as I can, <laughs> even keel because like, I, I've waited for this team since, you know, Jim Kelly retired. Like I said, I'm old, mm. but um, <laughs> I've, I've waited for like for this team and, the, and for them to turn it around. So I'm trying to, you know, enjoy it as, as much as I can. I don't know Let's if that makes any it. sense. I try yes, because sure. everything, everything with football, you guys know, because you're football people, everything is so magnified because there's only 17 games and, and every, everybody's losing their mind, you know? So I think that's the, that's that's the one thing that I try to keep when I listen to people say, oh, you know, Josh Allen is this or he's not enough of that. And I just try to be like, OK, let's you know, I, I just think they'll figure it out. You know, there's a new OC this year. I like Ken Dorsey, but I think, you know, there'll be some growing pains with that. And I just I don't know. I, I, I'll live in my delusion, I guess. <laughs> we like it. I, I, I call it enjoying the moment, frankly. Yeah. And yes. You guys can yes. follow her on Twitter at ESPN Christine. Christine, the most important thing here is going into the game. Have you already decided? Because for anyone that doesn't follow her on Twitter, I don't think, like, if you're ever <laughs> looking for the one person that just naturally outbakes your mom, like, whatever you think your mom is great at baking, Christine's better Okay, speak at. for like, yourself. Just, speak uh, for I'm, yourself. I'm just saying, Christine. Christine is amazing, but we will have no slander of Nancy Spain on this program. Oh, we're, we're, I can't cook like, better look, than a mom. I can't cook better than a mom or probably a grandma saying, either. So I, We all walk in there. We're like, okay, I'll take the six pounds that I'm going to put on today. Uh, <laughs> have you already figured out what you're making tomorrow, or do you let the joy or misery of the game decide what you're going to make tomorrow when you bring it in? Um, I usually, like, I let my husband decide, like, what he would like, but he, I try to mix it up sometimes because he just, like, cho- he let chocolate chip cookies and brownies and then so I like to try to mix it up with different stuff but I always tease him I'm like uh geez I can't remember what game it was I always tease him I'm like you know if we didn't win this game uh you're gonna be on your own for dinner like I'm like I'm not making anything I'm not cooking anything <laughs> so mm. like a couple of weeks ago bills the bills won at the last minute so I made like homemade pretzel rolls and I made like nice. these uh half chocolate half chocolate chip cookies and uh so I was like see buddy you better root for the bills say, because otherwise you your husband it's possible your husband is a bigger fan of the Bills than you simply because of the results of their victories. Uh, much better for him. Hey, Christine, we're out of time, so i got to ask you this quickly okay. uh, on your sure. way out. Uh, and you have to answer this question honestly. There will be no jinx regardless of the answer because it is a question you have been asked. Sure. Have you already bought any hotel room or airplane tickets for Arizona? I have not. Okay. Hmm. I Interesting. have not. Just figure, just in case, something you can always cancel. I appreciate that. I I appreciate that cautiousness. Like, you can't live in the moment and then also be buying Super Bowl tickets. I mean, (laughs) I I love that. Follow her on Twitter, at ESPN Christine. Christine Lisi, as always, my friend, we appreciate your great work. We appreciate your friendship, and we appreciate you sharing this night with us. You're the best. Thanks, Christine. I appreciate you guys. Lots of appreciation there. I will admit that. Don't forget, bowl season is looming. I appreciate that. 
Tune in Saturday for the Big 12 Championship game presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage begins at 11 a.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. And then don't go anywhere because, again, at halftime, I will be the one that's telling everybody uh, how to throw the little balls into the large Dr. Pepper mm-hmm. cans as we will be doing the Dr. Pepper uh, tuition giveaway. So you don't want to miss that. I'm going to be hosting it. I'm just saying, all right, time to open the clown car. We'll do it next. Spain and Fitz on ESPN Radio. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. Look at this. Playing all my Spotify wrapped favorite songs. I like that. That's good. That's good research. Well, Nick's got to do something tonight. I mean, I mean I, it's I, the Nick, only Nick, thing he's doing right. I'm trying to throw him a bone here. Nick's working on the show and doing work. Uh, Spade and Fitz on ESPN <laughs> Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Sarah Spade, Jason Fitz. We're presented by Progressive Insurance. We've got a lot to get to. Uh, but one of the things that, you know, we still have to do, even though we're in last place, is the Radio Pick'em Challenge. So let's play the little music and then pick some games. Now we alternate every single week, but we are officially in last place at 14-20-2. Freddie Fitzsimmons still cheating at 20-14-2. We ain't catching them, so... We're just going to blow through these fast. You ready for this, Sarah? <laughs> yeah. Who cares right. if we're last? <laughs> yeah, let's go to the first game. Eagles going to win. They're favored by five. Got it. Next game. Yep. I'm going to go ahead and take this one. Uh, yeah, 49ers and the points. I'm going to take the 49ers. I think they'll beat him by more than four. I like that. Let's get another one in. Uh, Chiefs are going to win that one. There, there's uh, The Chiefs are favored by two in Cincinnati. I, I, I'm taking the Chiefs. You feel good about that? Look at us going all chalk. Yeah, absolutely. All let's right. take another favorite. All right. Let's go. No, go Whoa. ahead. Play it. <laughs> Packers favored by three. Chicago. How you feeling, Sarah? Yeah, 100% the Packers are going to win. I don't care how bad they are. Have you seen this Bears defense? I don't even know if Justin Fields is going to play. We're missing half of our players, and we weren't that good to start with. All right. Do we have the other one, Nick? Oh, look at that. Look at that. Chargers at Raiders favored by one? Sweet God, no. The Chargers are going to win that football game. I can't have nice things. I'm not getting three straight wins. What the hell are we so doing? So you agree with Clinton Yates that the Chargers are going to end the Raiders season tomorrow? No, he, Clinton forgot that their season weekend. was ended weeks ago. Oh <laughs> it's God. already been done. Uh, but I will be irrationally <laughs> excited if I'm wrong yet again. I'm pretty used to it. Okay. That gets you all of your ESPN Radio Pick'em Challenge. We, we, we're really ended with a pang on that one. But we did that so quickly because we know we're not good at that. We are good at sending people into the much-deserved and not, hasn't been used in a while clown car. So for anybody that doesn't remember, this is where we you know, put people that maybe are doing things that we, we question a little bit. I'm saying it nicely, right, Sarah? Mm-hmm. Like we're, we're sending you to the clown car when you're the obvious clown in the room. And there's nobody more deserving of the clown car today than Deshaun Watson, the Browns quarterback. For the first time, he spoke to the media. I want you to hear his opening statement, but really importantly, there's a follow-up question and an answer that secured his spot in the car. Check it out. Uh, yeah, so uh, first off, I just want to say I'm excited to be back. Uh, I'm excited to be back around my teammates. I also want to thank the Browns organization, the ownership, uh, my teammates in that locker room, all the coaching staff for all the support that they had for me. Uh, especially my time away. Most importantly, Jacoby, uh, the big brother he's been to to me and everyone in that locker room. The passion, the grit, the leadership he has shown uh, these past weeks. Everyone has seen it. I mean, he's uh, he's the ultimate guy that everyone wants to you know follow. So uh, he's been awesome for me. Uh, our relationship has been great. The bond has been great, uh, and we're going to continue to grow from there. 
and uh, you know help win some some more football games for the Cleveland Browns. So um, I'm open to answer any football questions. Tom, Sean, part of your agreement with the league was to undergo counseling and therapy while you were away. What did you learn about yourself during that time, and how do you apply that to now and going forward? Um, you know, I, I respect your question. I understand, but that's that's more in that phase of clinical and and legal stuff. And uh, you know, I've been advised to. You know, stay away from that and keep that personal. Mm. Well, Fitz, originally the report had said that he said that's more political and legal. Now, that was really off-putting to me because people love to use the term politics to avoid speaking on any issue that's detrimental or uncomfortable for them, and they throw everything under that term. Now, what he actually said was clinical, which isn't that much different, but is only at least potentially giving the very benefit of the doubt, the most possible benefit of the doubt, that he recognizes that his issues are clinical, pathological even, and that term refers to something that he learned. That's the best I can give him. Because showing up after this suspension, understanding that when he was signed, this team and he and the staff and the teammates and the coaches and everybody else were given a responsibility to be the accountable to what their decision means for this fan, franchise and for this fan base and to say I'll only be taking football questions. If they try to do this all season long, that includes the upper levels of people, that's an absolute joke. This is exactly what I was afraid of. And we talked about this a couple of days ago. You know, Were we just going to get the spot where he says, I'm not going to answer anything that's not about football? And his opening statement of I'm happy to answer football questions is going to be the curtain that – uh, he stands behind throughout the course of the rest of this. And no matter my, my fear is that no matter how many questions people ask there, I think they're just going to keep saying we're here to answer football questions and they're mm -hmm. all going to avoid all of it. And that's I, I don't know how you prevent that. No matter how hard you ask questions, you can't force somebody to answer. Them. It's clown behavior. That's why he's in the clown car. And if the team allows it, then it is embarrassing that they would pretend to have any accountability or care or investment in anything like they did when they brought him out there for his first pressers. He has spoken on it before. If you remember back in August, he mentioned it. It went terribly, which is probably why they advised him not to say anything now. But I don't think the press will let him get away with it without it being incredibly awkward at the very least. Don't forget bowl season Saturday night, ACC championship game presented by Dr. Pepper. Coverage at 7 p.m. Eastern on ESPN Radio and the ESPN app. NBA action next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. I am appreciating that we're getting some good Spain Spotify hits. I like that. Spain and Fitz, one last show on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. ESPN Radio is presented by Progressive Insurance. And Spain and Fitz, we're always in the zone. Get in the zone is brought to you by AutoZone. Get in the zone, AutoZone. We couldn't say goodbye to the show without having one of our all-time faves and also one half of the uh, legendary, award-eligible Beauty and the Blazer program, Nick Friedel. He's he's the Blazer. ESPN NBA reporter. Uh, I was going to try to find is, your old wait, theme wait, song. Just, uh, real quick, award-eligible, Friedel? What's yeah, that yeah, we didn't, win any, we didn't win any, but I believe we might have been eligible. <laughs> I mostly awards from our from our mothers telling us what a fine job we've done. We didn't get those either, though. Uh, we were eligible, though. <laughs> but Beauty and the Blazer, the B-team, uh, literally, or last resort when no one else was available on ESPN 1000. Uh, Nick, I want to talk about the uh, soap opera that you're in with the Nets that's been on a good streak so far. I mean, there's a couple wins to get excited about. Kevin Durant has been fire in the last three games, all of them wins. What have you seen from the team the last couple games? 
Well, first off, guys, I just want to tell you how much it means to me to be here with you all on the uh, the last ride. Thanks, <laughs> Nick. It it has been really really cool to to be on a show with my friends <laughs> and uh, the chemistry that y'all built uh, so quickly. It is it is something that is is really pretty awesome because all three of us have been doing this a while and we know that uh, people get paired up on these shows <laughs> and it seems real forced and yep, it's real obvious it at times <laughs> and uh and that was never the case so i just on a personal note i think it is it's cool as hell to, to be here with y'all and uh it's always been good to to work with both of you but as as far as the craziness of the beat that i currently am am with with the nets they are on a little bit of a streak here. Kevin has been awesome. I mean, I laugh thinking of all the people over the summer that are like, eh, is Kevin Durant still Kevin Durant? Yeah. <laughs> the answer is very much yes. Uh, he's been unbelievable, and he's been unbelievably efficient. I mean, 44 of 64 in his last three games, wow. he does that. So. Uh, do I think that they can keep it up? No, <laughs> because defensively, they're just not at the level they need to be. This was a team that was built to win a title. I don't see that happening in the future. But in the short term, you take whatever good things you can get from this team. And in the moment, you've got Kevin playing at the level he's at. Kyrie is playing pretty well. Now you just have to hope that Ben Simmons' injury isn't too serious. But – I do think they can win a few more games. I just don't think it's leading anywhere in the long term. Well, especially in a world where the Bucks are getting Chris Middleton back, at least according to reports tomorrow, they sit at what fifteen and five. The Celtics are eighteen and four. Well, this is all said and done. Said and done. How does the East shake out to you, Mister Fitz? It is the Bucks uh, to a little bit of a lesser extent as a one A. The Celtics. And it's everybody else. If Milwaukee stays healthy, and we know how how tricky that can be, especially once you get in the postseason, they're the team to beat to me, not only in the East, but for the whole damn thing. They should win it all again if they stay healthy and maybe they add one more piece off the bench before that trade deadline. They're just better. I think Boston is an uh, an awesome team. That series would be a hell of a lot of fun. But in the end, if you have Giannis playing the way he's capable of and still getting better, you add Chris Middleton back and you work him into a rhythm heading into the postseason and you still have Drew Holiday and some of the pieces that they already have depth-wise. Milwaukee, in my mind, is the best team, and I think they will start to pull away a little bit from everybody else in the Eastern Conference aside from Boston, who, guys, if they had just held on to the ball and not turned it over so much in the finals, they would have been the champs last year. But that those two teams are just a cut above everybody else. Two teams that the Bulls have beaten in their last five or so games 
I want to talk about the Bulls, your former beat. And we're talking to Nick Friedel, our buddy Nick, at Nick Friedel is where you can follow him on Twitter, uh, ESPN NBA reporter. Uh, your Bulls beat, uh, you left before this run of, of some really fun players, but it felt like everything worked a lot better with Lonzo Ball, and the latest news is so disappointing. Still not close to running or cutting or contact. Is it possible that we don't see him again? I think it is, sir, and it's sad. Uh, but when you start hearing these type of reports where a guy coming back off a of surgery just can't really do much still, and we are this far removed, and I know he had the other procedure, and you still don't have the positive signs that you'd like, I think anything is on the table at this point. And the saddest part of all is that the Bulls, given the way that they played in the first half of last season, they reminded everybody – how much better the league is when Chicago is relevant and that fan base is fully engaged again. The issue is that even if Lonzo Ball was back and even if Levine was playing better and those pieces with Vucevic were coming together at a higher rate, I still don't think they are that good in the East. I mean, part of the reason that Garan Pack finally got – uh, let go in the end and aren't running the show anymore is because uh, they couldn't have any postseason success, but their thinking was always, well, we don't want to build a team that's going to get knocked out in the second round. Hmm. The Bulls would be lucky, guys, to, to get to the second round with the group that they've got and with the contracts that are now on the books. I don't see a quick fix given what they had to give up draft capital-wise to get Vucevic in the first place. So things went from, hey, this team could be pretty good uh, over the next couple of years to not so great in a hurry. And at the core of that is because ball is not on the floor. We're talking to Nick Friedel, ESPN NBA reporter. Uh, all right. You obviously weren't in the room today when this happened, uh, but LeBron called out a bunch of reporters for not asking him about the photo of Jerry Jones uh, that we've talked about on social media when he's constantly asked about Kyrie. How would you respond to what LeBron said today? LeBron knows Fitz just how much power he has, not only in his voice, but in the platform that he has created through the years. Uh, it was obvious that he wanted to get his point across. The only thing that I would say, even watching that video, is I wish LeBron had just uh, sat for a few more seconds and, and asked, or excuse me, answered a couple questions that came his way. I know that was part of the point, just to kind of drop that idea down there. And, and let everybody sit with it for a while. But where I would have an issue is, all right, you know, you make the point. Well, let's, uh, <laughs> let's answer a couple questions here. So uh, it will be fascinating to see how that unfolds over the course of the next week or two in the context of, of all the other things that are going on. But you can already tell that the spotlight that LeBron gave that Jerry Jones story uh, is is part of the daily conversation now on SportsCenter and plenty of other shows all across the country. So, uh, to me, the biggest takeaway was that Le LeBron's voice in the world of pro sports is larger and stronger than anybody else's. And when he wants to get a certain point across, uh, he can very quickly and it will be interesting now to see uh, what happens 
in in the future, not only with this particular story, but what else he chooses to address moving forward. Yeah, Nick, I think what I hope happens in part because of him bringing light to this is that people read the Washington Post story that goes along with that mm-hmm. photo. There's been so much conversation about the photo without anyone taking the time to read the article. It is a open and shut, absolute disparaging of Jerry Jones and his record on race. There isn't really a conversation to be had about whether it's good or bad. The The article tells you everything you need to know about his stance on it, his hiring practices, etc. It does leave open the possibility of him not knowing entirely what was going on at the school that day, not knowing entirely whether he was you know, there to try to intimidate people or simply there to see the biggest thing that was happening as a teenager might at the school that they go to. I think Bomani Jones did an excellent job on the right time talking about the nuance to discussing the photo, but most importantly to reading the story alongside it. It's a different sport. It's a different person. It's it's just there's so much there that's lost in the apples and oranges kind of attempt there to 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 make it the same as talking about one of his former teammates who plays in his same league, who is actively speaking versus a photo from generations ago that, again, the story associated with it is very clear in its stance on it. Um, but we don't have time to get into all of that. Um, I would have loved to have had a little Nick Friedel in that room, though. You've done a nice job with those tough situations <laughs> in the past. It would have been interesting. Nick, we love you. Hopefully I'll get to see you soon. I love y'all back, and truly congrats on a hell of a run, Mr. Fitz. I can't wait to hear uh, more of what you got cooking uh, over uh, the next few months and uh, and years here at SS. You're a force of nature, and uh, Thank you, <laughs> no Thank doubt you, that whatever the hell you get into next uh, will be interesting, and you will make everybody else around you just kind of go, oh, yeah, he's yeah. got it going well, on. One of the things so, I'm going to so get into congrats. is uh, the United Center on January 4th when you get me tickets for Nets Bulls, and then we go out <laughs> afterwards. So what I'm going to be getting into is a bunch of free booze and a suite or something. I'll be calling you, Nick. I know it. I know it. I miss <laughs> y'all. Somebody would have told me if stuff no. was involved, I would have called No, you're not involved. Sorry. You? Sorry. You'll God, be working still. You'll be doing the show still. Dang uh, it. Thank you, Nikki. We love you. Thanks, buddy. Always. Wouldn't be a final show without Nick. We love Friedel. It's Spain and Fitz. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz. Got to finish up the show with a little sports tinder next. Spain and Fitz, the podcast. It's Spain and Fitz. One last ride on ESPN Radio, the ESPN app, Sirius XM Channel 80. Sarah Spain, Jason Fitz, hanging out with you as always. Keeping an eye on this Thursday night football game. Always keeping an eye on the show after ours, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. And if you ever listen to this here show, Fitz and I have been (laughs) the best possible lead-in for Freddie and Fitzsimmons. Uh, Not because our ratings are so through the roof that there's lots of listeners hanging out afterwards to see what's next, even though that is absolutely true. Uh, I do not have any proof, but just believe me on that one. Uh, But more so because we always sell you on sticking around. This is Spain and Fitz. Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up next. Aaron Rodgers' girlfriend will be on. Obviously, Mike Golick Jr. and a bowl of mayo will be on the show. It's coming up, Freddie and Fitzsimmons. The entire Yankees lineup wow. is actually joining Freddie and Fitzsimmons tonight wow. from wow, the field. Whoa. How do you like that? Thanks for Incredible. listening. Those guys never cease to amaze. Enjoy Freddie and Fitzsimmons. <laughs> the entire Aces team is going to be on with Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Be a fart. <laughs> you know the only thing better than Switzerland? 
Hanging out with this guy. Freddie and Fitzsimmons <laughs> coming up next. Spain and Fitz. Obviously, you don't want to miss them. The entire Chicago Sun team going to join them. Don't miss it. Thanks for hanging out with us. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Clay Thompson on with them. Freddie and Fitzsimmons are next. They're going to interview all of the members of the Chicago Bears and the New England Patriots that are currently on the field for Monday Night Football, along with Barack Obama as well. Should be really great. A lot of microphones. Freddie and Fitzsimmons is going to be coming up next. Thank you so much for hanging out with me. Oh, Mariah Carey joining them. Friday and Fitzsimmons are next. They're going to have Nathaniel Hackett and Russell Wilson, so we can get to the bottom of that question. Thanks for listening to Spain and <laughs> Both Aaron Judge and Lamar Jackson are going to join Freddie and Fitzsimmons to have a roundtable conversation you don't want to miss. Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Angry Bears fan Dadman's going to join him. For the whole show. One way to find out is Kyler Murray joining Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Also, Kelsey Plum, for real, for real, she's going to be joining them. It's Spain and Fitz. I have a really terrible cough, and I did not once need Bomani. Help me. <laughs> to save me. Freddie and Fitzsimmons are next. (laughs) Have a good weekend. Freddie and Fitzsimmons coming up next. KD joining them for a full hour. You do not want to miss it. Spain and Fitz. Trace Atkins going to be on with Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Christian Pulisic and his meat and two veg and his twig and berries will all be joining Freddie and Fitzsimmons next. Four mics. Five. One, two, three, four, five, six. Seven mics. Enjoy. I just I just counted Christian Pulisic's genitals to figure out how many mics it would be. Um, Fitz, how many of those did you screw up? Like so many. I, none. They were flawless. I don't know what oh you're talking God. about. It, it is, you know, my inability to speak at the end of shows really shows the emotion that I put into the yeah, last two hours. I'm you, drained. It's like the end of the marathon. You cannot perform under pressure. Yeah, no, no I'm, done. I'm done. The clock starts counting down and you forget the language that you supposedly speak. Yeah, well, I mean, look, English is, is uh, I, that's why I was a musician. I just rely on my right. hands, right? Like, yes, let the speaking. notes tell the story. Yeah. Okay. Um, <laughs> I hope Freddie and Fitzsimmons appreciate all those lead-ins and maybe play that during their show tonight, too, to get started. Uh, it is uh, the last Spain and Fitz, so we wanted to end uh, how we used to end a lot of shows back in the day. It's time for Sports Tinder. It's time for Sports Tinder on Spain and Fitz. Oh, we haven't heard sexy voice guy in a while. Here's what happens. We tell you a story, and then we decide, uh, do we agree with it? Do we disagree? If we agree, we swipe right. If we really agree, we swipe up. If we disagree, we swipe left. If we really disagree, we swipe down, and we hate it. Here's a little conversation that we heard today. Deion Sanders and a reporter, uh, the reporter's trying to get around the uh, directive from Deion not to ask about the potential he's going to Colorado. But you you know my favorite team is the Kansas City Chiefs, right? Yeah. Next week they play the Denver Broncos in Colorado. They, I'm going with you, or you we gonna ride together. <laughs> that's good. That's good. That's good. That's a good. Now that's a good. That's a good one there. I gotta admit, now that's a good. One. That's a good one there. That was a good one. Come on, sit back down here. Come on. So why are you gonna do your boy like that? No, 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 no. I, 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 I never been, I never been there. And Me I, either. But I'm going. I I'm going there. Well, I'm going next week when the Chiefs play so Bronco in Colorado, you, you, Denver, Colorado. What you trying to say? I just want to know. I, you, can we ride together? Where, 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 where am I going? <laughs> <laughs> That's my favorite part. (laughs) That's Kevin O'Donnell from WTVT Fox 13. Uh, That's uh, incredible. Uh, No, that's the guy who reported he was going to Colorado. The guy in that interview is uh, is a different dude. I have not identified him yet, so my apologies to that dude, but he had us cracking up. Uh, Fitz, Dion to Colorado. Is that a good move? 
I will swipe down. I love the way he says I hate it. He yeah, says me too. It's so much cooler than I do. Uh, me too. No, There's I, the only reason I don't like it, it's, it's a big hire for Colorado if it actually happens to be that way. But I think Dion at Jackson State could just keep winning and waiting and then take any job he wants. I don't think he needs to take a mid-level job. Wait until that Florida State job you really want opens up and then go take that. Yeah, we heard some other places like Cincinnati, like much better jobs than Colorado. Uh, all right, Christian Pulisic, we talked about this. Uh, he has a pelvic contusion, and one of the reporters ahead of Saturday's game with the Netherlands, uh, the Nether regions, uh, wanted to uh, get a little more detail on that. This might be too much information, but like, can you tell us what exactly like you were feeling when you woke up the next morning after the game, for example, and what exactly a pelvic contusion is? Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I mean, it's a, a pelvic contusion, you know. Um, just, it's, it's not a euphemism, Henry. It's what it sounds like. No, but at the same time, it's not. Like, I didn't get, like, hit in the balls, but, like, it was, it was like, I'm all right. I'm all right. It was very painful, and it, it just, you know, that bone is there for a reason to protect you, I think, and I, I, I hit it well, and uh, it was sore, but, uh, like I said, I'm getting better. Okay, I think he's talking about the pelvic bone. Uh, so get your minds out of the gutter. He said specifically he didn't get hit in the balls. I don't think he's a liar. So, Fitz, did he get it in the Richard? Yeah, I'm going to swipe left on this one. No, I don't think so. I think he just got hit in the crotchal region. And so, you okay. know, it's just sort of that whole region's overtaken. Medical term. Not, yeah. Okay, I'm going to swipe right. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I think a pelvic contusion hurts, and that bone is there for a reason. But I still think he got it in the Richard because the way he reacted, it seemed like something Something happened I just down wanted there with that to bone. say crotchal region on the yeah, show you did. before we got out of here. You like, so to say, you, you like to say no-no parts, usually. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Usually, so, gone look, off I'm, I'm evolving my game now. I'm giving you more <laughs> more ways to say that. Oh, well, we hope everything down there is okay for Saturday. And even if it's not, he's going to go because he's a true American hero and he's sacrificing future politics. Never mind. Never mind. Like, if the pain I don't is think Icy much, Hot's the answer. Yeah, I, I wouldn't recommend so. it. That's all I'm saying. It doesn't seem like a good choice. This seems like the exact way to end our show. <laughs> Just inappropriately talking about another man's crotch. Um, listen, I would tell you who's coming up on Freddie and Fitzsimmons next, but I'm fairly certain this whole thing just shuts down when I leave, right? Yeah, 100%. Seems like it. Uh, thanks to everyone at ESPN Radio, especially our super fans. Uh, 12 years. That lasted a lot longer than I thought. That's what she said. Thanks for listening to the Spain and Fitz podcast.